Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, One Rental at a Time. And this may be the most important video of the week on my channel. This is a conversation where Anna and I talk to our friends, talk to our family about the economic environment coming. Uh, it is going to be bad. It could be the worst economic environment that many of you have seen if you've only been investing for three or four years. It's going to get rough. Anna and I have experienced bear markets where the NASDAQ went down 80%. We have seen uh, uh, the unemployment rate skyrocket. We have seen housing in some markets fall 75%. We have seen lots of stuff. And what is going on right now has us scared. So we both have some messages to our friends, family, students, uh, followers. Uh, and Anna, I'll let you go first. Great. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's really important to understand. And, and I think we beat this drum quite a bit. And it's really important that economies go in cycles and real estate goes in cycles. And so we can't predict or time the market, right? Time in the market's better than timing the market, as they say. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of signs that we can see that cycles, you know, and are we at a bottom or are we at a top? Are we in mm -hmm. expansion? And is it breaking and is it going to contract and go into a recession? And through all of what we've lived through, you know, 07, 2020.com crash, the pandemic, et cetera, you see the signs of when a recession's coming. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have crazy events that we don't expect, like the pandemic, like the war between Russia and Ukraine, that just kind of put fuel on that fire mm -hmm. and cause you to go over the cliff much more quickly, either down, usually down, you know, before we come back up. So it is a time in the market where I am, although I'm not risk intolerant, right? Real estate has risk. And the way that we've made money and we've become wealthy is we've been able to take certain risks and mitigate those risks. What's happening right now, though, is so many factors that control the economy and control how we do as investors at this point are outside of our control. Mm -hmm. And when that happens and you have a lot of different risks converging at one time that you can't easily mitigate, you get a little more fearful, right? Mm -hmm. And fear is okay. Fear is a mechanism that says, warning, warning, mm -hmm. there's danger, right? And then we have a choice. Do we go bury our head in the dirt and just go, we're too afraid we'll do nothing, right? right. That's not smart. Or do we say, how can we recognize these signs, figure out how we can mitigate the risk, hedge a little bit, but instead of being aggressive investors like we've been in the last 10 years, we start to say, you know what, this is the time to pull back a little bit, to be conservative. As Buffett says, be fearful when everyone else is still greedy. Mm -hmm. And then when things come down and people really are afraid, that's when we say, okay, now it's time to get a little greedy because we know we're at the bottom. And there's only one way to go, and that's up. So I'm in this phase where I'm in this defensive posturing, even though I've been a very aggressive investor, you know, over the past decade. And I'm going, let me protect what I can and mm -hmm. mitigate the risks that I can, because there will still be more risks and fallout that I don't see. And there's more pain ahead. And that's hard for people to digest that have seen nothing but 10 years of a rise in the economy, 10 to 12 years. 
most investors today were not investing before 08 great recession so when you've only seen up when people like us say hey there's some warnings people say oh you're crazy you're going to lose money you're not you're going to miss the boat (laughs) you're old that's what i hear you're old what how does age mean anything and with age i wish it didn't come with you know weight and wrinkles and gray hairs (laughs) and all of that but we do gain some wisdom, right? And so both you and I have a heart to protect people, right? Mm-hmm. We're not doing this to sell books and courses. Yes, we can do that, but we make our money in real estate. We're here to help you be a wise investor that grows one rental at a time mm-hmm. for the long term and recognizes where we are in the cycle and changes your investment strategy a little bit depending on exactly where we are in the cycle, which right now is a little scary. Yeah, what, what I want to tell investors is this is time to take a breath take a beat. Uh, As you and I shared weeks ago, you know, go audit your job, right? Are you close to revenue? Are you in a a part of the organization that could get whacked entirely, right? So do some things to protect yourself. Yes. In my whiteboard discussion, which again is a playlist I have, I talked about unemployment doubling. That's kind of scary, but you also still have to realize 94% of people will still be employed. Right. right? So it's still, you know, if it hits you, it hurts. If Otherwise, it's, it, you know, we just have negative G- GDP growth. Right. Uh, as Greg Dickerson says, uh, good times never last, bad times never last. Yes. Right? This might be your first bad time. So what I would tell you as an investor is take a breath. Yes. Also, don't stop doing the work because I have been through multiple cycles and most of my wealth has been built with acquisitions I made during a recession, during the yes. bad time. They're coming. I believe the real estate market is about to freeze up, lock up. You can't go from a 2.7 to a 5.7 without having half the buyers disappear. And as we talked about last week, I think supply gets whacked, which is just like a crazy idea. Yeah. So again, take a beat. Don't stop doing the work. If you have been a part of my course or you've been following me for the free content on YouTube and you stop looking at your market, shame on you. This is the time where the owner occupants simply can't buy because rates are 6% or whatever they're going to be. But investors, this this might piss some people off, but I don't care if 30-year mortgages is 8%. All Mm -hmm. I do is I take that mortgage rate, I put it in my calculation, it impacts my mortgage payment. I know my property management, my insurance, my taxes, my management, my capital, my reserves for bad debt, and I want a great yield. If my yeah. debt's eight or four, I don't care. It, it impacts my yield and thus what I can offer. So guess what? Stuff I'm writing offers on, it's going to be less than asking price. It just is. And if sellers don't understand that their multifamily asset is worthless, it's okay. I'll wait. It's okay. No big deal. Yes. Just, just keep going, right? Absolutely. I, I agree with you 100%. And, and part of the issue is the reason that you know that even at eight, I can be profitable, right? Is because you understand what a good deal looks like today and you understand what a bad deal looks like today. And you understand that in order to make the same yields that you're making today, which are really low by the way, right? The way you start to see how is my market changing and are the yields getting better even though rates are going up is you look at deals all the time. Every day. markets and bad markets, right? And so I as an investor and you as an investor, you know, I demanded at least 10% cash on cash return during all of the rising recession. Yeah. And now I'm buying stuff that on a current basis might only be eight or 9% cash on cash 
because that's a good deal for today, right? Exactly. If I want to find anything, it's not always based on price. Exactly. But if that's still not good enough for you and you're thinking, man, deals are not working, you're thinking rates are going up, so they're going to get even worse and I'm not going to cash flow, so you stop. But when rates go up and values come down, you can do different things. When we go to a 40-year mortgage, which is we've been talking about is coming. And it's now coming. It's, you know, it's official, right? They're, they're going to launch. They're there, yeah. Mortgage. That reduces your payment again, and it increases your yield. So you've got to be watching the market in all times, in all cycles, no matter what's going on, to recognize when these shifts start to happen and whether it's a good enough time for you with that yield to make that investment today. Cool. What's another piece of advice you have for investors? You know, I, I think patience, which you kind of mentioned, you know, you've just got to take a step back. You have to be patient and you have to commit that I am playing the long game. You cannot look at where we are at any time with, with blinders on to this is how it is and this is always going to how it's going to be, or it's hard right now, or it's risky right now. So I'm out because it's always going to be hard and risky. It's not true, right? I, I mentioned, I, I did a post uh, yesterday about choosing your hard, right? Investing is hard unless you're totally passive. The deals that I invest in passively, they're not hot, hard. They have more risk because I don't have control, right? But they're mm -hmm. not hard. I choose to take risk and I choose to take hard because I have more control and can juice my returns. That's why I own actively, right? Mm -hmm. But you choose your hard and you, you choose grit and a commitment to growing your wealth in any cycle. And if you're short-sighted and you think, I just want cash flow and today they don't cash flow, so I'm out. So I'm investing in crypto, not crypto, but investing in the stock market or whatever else it is. Mm -hmm you're missing the long-term value of how you get returns. So commit to the long-term, commit to studying and researching and not saying this is how it's always going to be, so I'm out. But the other thing is you're going to have to shift a little bit your expectations of how quickly you can meet your financial goals. So it's easy to say, be patient, right? Mm -hmm. But what happens is people become impatient because they think it's going to take me 10 years to reach my financial goals if I'm making 100 bucks a month on an apartment building, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you're assuming um, it's going to take you 10 years. You're assuming it's always going to be 100 bucks a month. Yeah. You're making assumptions about things that are stagnant that do change, right? Mm -hmm. So ask yourself, am I really being patient? Am I really giving myself long enough? And am I thinking about how can I kind of shift my financial goals a, a little bit, right, for different markets? and do different kind of deals that the market gives us. So I'll give you an example. We talked about talking about friends and family. I have a bunch of family members that I haven't talked to in a long time that are like, I want to get in real estate now. I don't want to miss the boat. This is what I'm looking to buy, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm telling them, listen, you're getting in at a time that deals are really hard to find mm -hmm. and your cash flow isn't going to be very much. So if you think you're going to jump in and in a year, you're going to be able to retire from your job. That's not true. Just not true. pull back your expectation. It's probably not going to happen if you're a high income earner, but you can buy today in some markets that you believe are still way undervalued, that you believe jobs are still going to come. Things are going to get better. They'll go up in value. Lock in a 30 year fixed rate, right? New people. I say, don't go for five unit plus, go for two to four unit property, buy a duplex, triplex, quad, ideally a quad, right? get 30-year fixed financing, move into the unit. If you can, house hack. This is the time. House hack a unit. Get a small property, lock in debt for, for 30 years, or you can go to a non-QM lender and lock in a 30-year rate as an investor. Lock in that rate 
get the property, even if your cash flow isn't great, as long as the debt coverage ratio is good enough that you can get that loan, remember that part of your return in playing the long game is in the mortgage paydown, beating inflation, appreciation over the very long time. Yes, values may be at the top. Yes, they could come down. But if you're holding it long-term, they'll go right back up and interest rates will come right back down. So play the long game. Be willing to invest in things that still move the needle, even if they're not moving the needle as quickly as the gurus have convinced you and everybody on social media has convinced you. If you stop doing the work because your returns aren't good, you'll never do the work. So be patient, adjust your expectations. It's going to take you a while, Mm -hmm. but if you just methodically keep investing on deals that look like they're going to move the needle on your financial goals, you'll be successful over the long term. Yeah. I I would tell everybody listening that doing the work today and probably for the next six months is more important than any time in the last couple of years. When markets change, opportunities happen. So my second one, and maybe we'll do one more after we'll do one more each. Uh, so you, ha- you have some time to think about number three is no aggressive assumptions. And you will know what I mean, right? Don't assume 10% rent growth. Don't assume uh, fast re- like value add time frames. Um, no, no adjustable rate mortgages, no assumptions. In fact, I would assume zero rent growth at this point going forward because I think we're heading into a recession and job loss go up and bad debt. It's just, I think it's about to get a lot worse. I think a lot of people made rent assumptions the last year of four or 5% for the next several years, I think you are going to be greatly mistaken. Um, mm-hmm. So again, no aggressive assumptions. If it happens, great. You're all, right. My job is, is as an investor, personally, friends and family and students is I'm trying to protect the downside. And right now Absolutely. I'm telling you the downside is all aggressive. Adjustable rate mortgage, bridge debt, bridge debt. Uh, assuming you're going to get 5% rent growth for the next two years. I don't think that's coming. Right. And assuming, assuming your expenses go down and they're back down to three. Oh right? my God. And then, oh yeah. If you assume that vacancies like New York city, 1.3% vacancy right now, it's a lifetime record. If your vacancy is, yeah, it's just all the assumptions I have seen in deals that cross my desk at this point are somewhere between wrong and stupid somewhere in there. It's just, yeah. I think the world's very different and I don't think the spreadsheets are, are, appreciating that now. So no aggressive assumptions is my number two. What's your number three? I I agree with that completely. I'll tell you this. So I'm still using, like I have a local market. My historical vacancy rate since 2007 has been 2%, 2%. Appraisers used to always use five anyway. Now they're using three in my area. I've seen a four, right? I'm still underwriting at 5%, which has been below that for ups and downs in the economy, pandemic, et cetera. I'm using 5% for expenses, 4% for rent growth right now, right? Mm. That's in a small little pocket. Different markets are going to be much different than that. Um, And only fixed debt or at least fixed for five years, right? Um, I had a deal that I did in November and I was super conservative. So I sent him a new PFS for a new deal I'm working on. He goes, we need to see your rent roll because you're showing way more on your PFS than you did on your pro forma. I'm like, that's because I'm really conservative on my that's a and good I thing, right? I was being conservative. But look how much more I'm making in literally yeah. four months. The bank was so, he was like, I can't believe you did that. Everybody's so aggressive with it when they sent us their numbers. But now he wants to lend to me on more stuff because he knows that I'm taking a wise, cautious approach. Yeah. So yeah. I'm still underwriting, just like you said, on kind of almost worst case. Yeah. 
And then saying everything above this is gravy. And that way I know I've got a lot of wiggle room. If any of these things don't go right, um, I've still got wiggle room. So you got to do that for sure. Um, I think my number th three would be being really careful with your debt structure. Mm -hmm. So debt can really make or break your deal. And let me talk about capital stack, actually. Mm -hmm. Capital stack is kind of this word of how am I funding the deal, right? Mm -hmm. So we've got the money that we're putting down. We maybe have money from partners and investors. We have a main loan and maybe we have a second mortgage as well, right? Mm -hmm. So when we think about deals and we think about a recession and values coming down, right? One is protecting. How do we make sure we don't lose the property if, if um, we can't cover our debt? But the second thing is in order to be prepared for a downturn, deals are suddenly going to become more plentiful. Yes. We've lived in this environment where everybody's freaking out because you've got money, but you don't have deals. Interest rates have changed so much and banks are raising their DSCR requirement just in the last couple of years. They want you to have more of a cushion between your net rents and your debt. It's going to become harder and harder and harder for you to actually get financing when deal prices come down and when lots of deals are there. So your heart is going to shift from money is easy and deals are plentiful to deals are plentiful and money is hard. You need to start thinking now about that capital stack. Mm -hmm. When debt, when properties are plentiful and there's a lot of them cheap, how are you going to prepare to buy them? Is your credit in order? Do you have loans or lines of credit? Do you have lines of credit or credit cards that could get called and take away that money that you think is going to be there when you invest? Mm -hmm. If you have lines of credit, and we've said this before on the show, term them out, set them locked, take the money, put it in your checking account, right? You want to prepare to have all the sources of your money available, ready and, and able and not able to be taken away. Mm -hmm. You want to think about partners or investors that maybe have money. If you don't have enough and you want to make a, a lot of money when things are down and people are afraid to invest with you, start building up those partnerships now, talking to investors now that you're going to be afraid when I come to you because I've got a cheap deal because everybody's going to be afraid but prepare that that's the best time to buy. And I'm going to show you why. So be thinking about talking to your investors, talking to your spouse, that's going to be afraid for you to keep investing when things collapse and, and get your money and your credit and your financial uh, strength in order so that you can keep buying properties when things come down. Yeah. So my final one is, is um, recessions are where opportunities come from. Yes. Right? We, we see them coming. We've been here before. We have scars because we've made mistakes. And you, you have seen Anna and I over the last six months talk about what we are actively doing. Yes. We, got, we raised dry powder. We controlled debt structures. We, 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 we pushed out our interest rate risk as far as possible. And yes. frankly, we are both excited for what is coming because we yes. both know that bad times never last. We can find opportunities. So again, um, you know, if we double unemployment, even if we triple it, right, we go from 3.6 to nine, still 91% of the people are employed. Good, bad time won't last. The other thing I'll tell you is bad times generally are about 18 months. That's how long a recession is. Yes. Expansions are about 10 years. Yes. Uh, again, if you are, uh, if it impacts you personally, you know, that's why we did a video several weeks ago about getting ready for it. So absolutely, uh, there are some things you could do now to prepare because I think, I think winter is coming. And I think it's right on our doorstep. And um, 
I don't think the economy is nearly as strong as people make it out to be. So get ready, do the work. I'm excited for what's coming. I'm also nervous because a lot of you aren't ready. Uh, please don't put your head in the sand. Again, recessions are where doing the work pays off. Uh, I hope all of you are doing the work every day. So Anna, how can people find you? Absolutely. You can find me here every week, every Wednesday. You can find me on social media at Anna Kelly REI Mom and my website at reimom.com. Awesome. Thank you.